Mm-hmm. You know, when I was when I was coming through recovery, I, I remember I worked through some really difficult issues. One of those was I was really sexually confused. I was, Chad. Mm-hmm. I was sexually confused. I had I had went into relationships with men and women. But as I was getting healed and getting clean, um, I, I let go of all that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I'll never forget, I found that I was in a good place with God. I had so much peace. I had joy. Good. I told it to God, and that's it. You know, released it to him. And then he came knocking on the door of my heart one morning in prayer. And he goes, I want you to share your story. I want you to share this this, mm-hmm. this place, this dark place. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Encouraging, inspiring, and equipping leaders. This is Coach and Joe. Hey everyone, I want to welcome you to Coach and Joe. My name is Michael Thornton. I'm serving as your host today, and I have Chad Norris with us. How are you doing, Chad? Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm ready to, to jump on in it. I'm excited. Chad, you were recently on the Sid Roth television show where mm-hmm. they did a few shows on you, and, and you were sharing about one of your latest books, Your Message, Your Message. Let's just start right there. What was that experience like? You know what my favorite part was? What's that? The people that work for Sid Roth. Really? Mm-hmm. What happened? Some of the best people you ever meet in your life. Wow. It's. I love the filming and sharing my story. I hope it helps a lot of people. It was meeting Tony, meeting Daniel, meeting Warren, meeting Sid. Mm. Let me tell you something about Sid Roth. I'm going to tell you right now the secret to him. Yes. He is an eight-year-old kid. Wow. He has a childlike faith. Mm-hmm. I watched the YouTube clip the night before he filmed me of his journey. Boy, he his mess turned into his message. Wow. No, I didn't know He that. didn't know the Lord. He was, he was Jewish and was in Los Angeles, California. Some businessmen led him to the Lord. He never thought in a million years he'd be, have a worldwide TV station. And wow. I I love meeting Tony. I love meeting Daniel. That book right there, Michael, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. Guys. That book right there is what I just love people's. I love how God steps into the compost of people's lives mm. and makes beautiful things out of it. I love it. Absolutely. Well, this is why I, I, I listened to the show uh, actually a few times, and uh, you shared just basically part of your story and your testimony of mm-hmm. going through a mental breakdown. And and I've heard that knowing you and us being close together. Uh, I've heard it several times. But the the level of uh, you, how you shared on that show and, I mean, the, the degree of what your life was a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but through that, you literally bonded with him. And out of that, literally, yep. your mess became your message. And that's how we got to this book. But that word is a powerful statement. Your message, your message. So I just want to unpack that. Why is this so important to you personally? Your message, your message. Oh, my goodness. Well, I wear this bracelet that has Revelation 12, 11 on it. So the blood of the lamb is Jesus Christ, obviously. Mm. We have the whole word. He's the hero of every passage. He's hidden in every passage. We need to know him. But also, you don't just overcome the evil one with the blood of the lamb. It's also the word of the testimony. There is a supernatural ricochet Mm. anointing when we share our stories. I've seen it recently. I gave a word about Andy and Anwin Stone's journey, what they're going through, really bonding with the father at a higher level. Yes. I gave the word. I said, I see y'all's testimony just ricocheting and hitting people. Oh, it's happening. Wow. I'm literally watching it. So uh, I don't like plastic, Michael. I Mm -hmm. can't stand it. I hate religion. There were times that when I, I can't go to certain churches, I can't do the religious thing. I'm more comfortable in an AA meeting than I am in most churches, and I'm not an alcoholic. Mm. It's because of the vulnerability in an AA meeting. I can't stand pretense. I, I hate, I just, I hate fake. Yes. 
I, I'm with you, Chad. You know, there, before I knew the Lord, when I was I was running and gunning and drugs and alcohol really yeah. bad. Um, I mean, to be honest, I've, I've been incarcerated seven times, especially when I was younger. One of those times I was in military prison. I was in the Marines and, and got caught with drugs and had to go to prison for a time. And, um, but I remember I'd go to church service while I was in prison. They let you go to a church service. And uh, I've been in rehab church services when I was there. And I've been in a lot of regular churches now that I've been following the Lord for, that's 18 plus years ago. I've been in a lot of different denominations and church services. You know what I could say, Chad? Some of the most powerful meetings, some of the most powerful church services I've ever been in was behind bars or barbed wire. Because of this, guys would yep. get so real and so vulnerable. Yep. They were broken. They had nothing to hide. They knew who they were. Yeah. There was no pretense. There was no fake. There was no phony. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed that God's presence would just crash on that so strongly. Mm -hmm. I had a dream recently, a mega church pastor, if I said his name, you would know it. He came to me for help. He mm -hmm. said, I'm stuck in my system. He said, the biggest difference in me and you is I have a ton of money and you don't. I. The whole dream was about him running this empire church, but he was hurting on the inside. And dad gummit, if I didn't bump into the person randomly in another city mm. in the natural, not in a dream. What the father was showing me there is even a lot of these people on TV, uh, mm. behind huge pulpits, CEOs, they're stuck in a system where they have to maintain some resemblance of plasticity or the whole empire will crumble. Because yes. the moment they get real, it's like, hey, dude. And so we... What are we doing? I mean, think about this, Michael. This blow your mind. I was mm. talking to Sid Roth about this. Jesus Christ sovereignly picks Saul of Tarsus to be super apostle. Do you know his testimony? Man. So that shows me right there. God's not afraid of a mess. No. And then sends him to the Gentiles. The Lord is like, hey, just throw some compost all over this. And then says, hey, Paul, I'm going to show you how much you must suffer for me. That's that. That's a lot of mess. That's a lot of mess. He's the Jew of Jews. He 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 carried a lot of baggage. <laughs> Michael, you are a big deal in God's kingdom. You were in jail seven times. I didn't even know the seven. I just heard <laughs> jail seven, seven times. Seven times. Seven times. I was incarcerated. Your story's louder than other people that are plastic. I'm sorry it is. And that's why this that's why this book resonates with me so strong because I know how powerful and how true it is. But you know what? Here's another book that you wrote called God Shaking His Temple. Mm -hmm. And there is a connection. Mm -hmm. And you were just saying it. Because, Chad, what I believe is that just as so many pastors, past, senior pastors can be some of the most loneliest people on the planet. Mm -hmm. Also, business executives and top CEOs in the marketplace. Yep. You know, when you're leading at some level, you're right. You can get lost into that system. Mm -hmm. And you forget how to be vulnerable. You forget how to to let your guard down, probably because you can't trust many people because you've been burned so many years in mm -hmm. your life. But in the early church, they had this down pat. Their, yes. their mess was their message. Yeah. But in God shaking his temple, it's kind of, uh, we've gotten away from that as a church. Yeah. How do we get back to your message, your message is the heart and the foundation of the church today? That is a great question. And so what, Biblically, what God does is he will raise up a deliverer. Mm. So what needs to happen, it already is happening. What's happening in the church is God is raising up examples of what it actually can look like. Wow. And it's not just happening in one place. It's happening in, in multiple places. So basically, if you look at the look at the New Testament, early church, get in Corinthians, dig around a little bit, read the book by Rodney Stark. Um, uh, goodness gracious, what's Rodney Stark's title of the book? The Rise of Christianity. Mm -hmm. He really goes into what was what did the early church look like? 
Mm. Like, I know it's Jesus. What would it look like? Homes, homes, homes. So our home groups at the garden look more like recovery groups than they do brilliant teacher groups. Oh, this is, unpack this. This is great. I mean, I, I, I went, God told me to take the staff before you moved here to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. All hell and heaven broke loose because it's like, it's a little too messy. Mm. It had nothing to do with alcohol. Church is one of the least vulnerable places I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> ever. <laughs> I grew up in church. I, you can find vulnerability anywhere other than a church. And I, I made a vow that day. I started weeping. I think they probably thought I was an alcoholic. I sat in the back of the room. I started weeping. And I, I said, I told the Lord. I mean, it was him. He was the one pursuing me anyway. But I said, I'll give the rest of my life. I cannot have a church that has less vulnerability than what I just experienced. Yes. Because because here's the, here's what's awesome about it. it. Vulnerability wasn't the goal at the AA meeting. Mm. There was a there was a guy there that had been sober 38 years. There was another man that had been sober 25 years. They were celebrating their transformation. They weren't they weren't still drinking. Yes. So if vulnerability is not producing fruit, then it's a form of addiction that's really turned into narcissism. Mm. Oh, I did it. If vulnerability is the goal, we would celebrate every inmate in prison. Yeah, I killed him. No. Vulnerability is the pathway to power transformation. If Armando Ramos still told his story of, yeah, I'm I'm still away from Shale. I'm still away from the kids. I'm still having multiple sin issues with other women. Well, then we wouldn't celebrate that. What we're celebrating is the fruit on the man's life. Yes. So you're... Your mess, vulnerability is not the goal. Vulnerability is the first step. Adam and Eve cover up with fig leaves. Mm. A lot of God's kids are just covered up with fig leaves, and they're scared to death to invite God into their brokenness, and it's just, it just doesn't work. Wow. That is so powerful because it just, wow, think about that. So there's a place where we could be open about our mess, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to change us. There's a walking yep. this out. There's a there's a proactive, okay, what mm-hmm. am I doing to walk this out? I'll be showing me something to say right now. Mm. Uh, so God told my wife and I to sell our house. We made $200,000 on it. The market was insane. One of the things he told me to do, it's his money anyway, was buy a piece of property. So I bought a piece of property, and right now I have some mentors. We have some investors, and I bought 12 acres, and we're building um, a an event venue mm. and 18 tiny homes. Well, here's the funny thing about God, Genesis 22. God told, God will tell you to do something and not tell you why you're doing it. Yes. God's best friends don't value clarity. I'm blessing myself. I'm about to take Come an on. offering up, God Almighty. They don't, they just do it. And now I'm realizing, oh, wow, Abba. He said, I'm going to bring you pastors from around the world. See, pastors are caught in a trap. They're some of the most least vulnerable people I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. And social media has become a platform where you better maintain the image that you know that people want you to have when silently your marriage is falling apart, you're a train wreck. I'm literally investing my own money to develop a property where we'll do weddings, but we're going to do retreats for burned out, smoked out pastors, leaders, CEOs. And the first thing they're going to have to learn to do is take your fig leaves off, Michael. <laughs> That's okay. That's huge. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a huge, huge need for that. The, yep. uh, the, the, why do you think it's so hard for people? to get even to the place of vulnerability. This is something that, you know, uh, in the church, in the community, being around, one of the hardest things I find is people have even a hard time sharing their story or opening it up. Self-preservation. There it is. Um, I, you know, if I if I wanted to go old school, I would say pride. Well, it is pride, but to understand, 
Narcissism mm. at its core, Michael, yes. is self-protection, self-preservation. Mm. Every human being on this earth came in butt naked with mm. nothing, screaming, poop all over you and whatever else is on the baby. When Wendy gave birth to Sam, I was like, I don't know what half that stuff is. You come in a mess. Mm. It really annoys the father because he knows you before you were born. Yes, He's the one that invented to put you in a belly in the first place. He's the one invented you. You come in messy. Mm. So really what it is, it's self-worship, self-protection, self-focus, pride. We create an image of ourselves that we think other people will accept. Yes, there it is. Not knowing that the God of the universe knows everything about you anyway. And we keep places in our story in our life in mm -hmm. prison because of that same fear. Mm -hmm. You know, when I, was, when I was coming through recovery, I, I remember I worked through some really difficult issues. One of those was I was really sexually confused. I was, Chad. Mm -hmm. I was sexually confused. I had I had went into relationships with men and women. But as I was getting healed and getting clean, um, I, I let go of all that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I'll never forget, I found that I was in a good place with God. I had so much peace. I had joy. Good. I told it to God, and that's it. You know, released it to Him. And then he came knocking on the door of my heart one morning in prayer. And he goes, I want you to share your story. I want you to share this, this, mm -hmm. this place, this dark place. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's between you and me, God. And then yeah. he put your butt on 700 Club. Then he opened up a door to begin to share it to strangers. Um, and what I can find that happened to me in sharing my story, and this is a word for anybody watching today, mm -hmm. is there's so many dynamics that happen when we share our story. But one of the most powerful one is it actually helped me heal more. So the more I shared my story, the more healing hit my heart. There it is. I would cry and weep when I was sharing my story because it was the way I had to confront my own self-protection, shame, and my own uh, just self guardedness and and it helped me confront that by sharing it and the more i shared it the more free i got i mean you're gonna get me wound up <laughs> paul said i'm the chief of sinners mm. not i was i am i guarantee you i know the lord showed me one time when he said put your hand in the plow and don't look back paul was tempted to look back mm. every day of his life michael the paul objectively, I don't think it's subjective, objectively seemed to have more re revelation than all the 12 disciples that walked with the Lord. Yes. He wrote most of the New Testament. Hmm. He, he was very powerful. God showed me the key to his power. What, what was it? He, he was, it was vulnerability. vulnerability. What I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I do. Oh, who can save me? This wretched man. Basically, despondency is wonderful if it leads you to cling on to Jesus with no fig leaves. Mm -hmm. I celebrate... He, he said, he boasted in his weakness. Mm. There was, the Lord reminded me, there was a young man I was discipling out of sexual addiction. And I asked him a question. It, it literally made him flinch in the natural. I said, do you ever talk to Jesus about your struggle with masturbation to porn? And he looked at me like, Jesus is the last person on this universe I would talk to. Wow. I said, there's your problem. There's your problem right there. Man, sit right here. I feel the Lord right here. I mean, think about this, Michael. Do we think, let's take sexual addiction. Mm -hmm. When a young man, young woman looks at porn, do we think that the Lord is not aware of it? Exactly. I'm going to tell you a story without giving you details of it. There was a man in my house, out of word knowledge, and this was either from God or this was going to be a train wreck. Mm. I said, the father shows me that you went to this country, you went to this brothel, and you were 
basically suicidal after you slept with that prostitute. You still can't believe you did it. And I said, I want you to know that I saw a picture of the Lord while you were in the brothel, mm. and he had his hand on your head, rubbing your head, expressing his love to you. I have never mm. seen a human cry that hard. The wow. word was from the Lord. It was accurate. The point's not to celebrate the great man of God that got the word. I'm not the great man of God. I'm the great mess of God. <laughs> the word was so powerful because not only, was, not only was the Lord aware of his sin, he was there with him and loves us in the middle of it. So the question is, how does transformation come? Yes. I present myself before you, Father, in these fig leaves, and I'm going to talk to you differently because you're religious or this. God, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I have realized in this Man. past season, I have never made my wife the number two priority of my life. I've been faithful to her. I'm a godly man. I objectively, Lord asked me a question. And if he asks a question, he always knows the answer. It's because I don't know the answer. Is Wendy the number two priority of your life behind me? I, I was like, this is not good. And so what I did is I started inviting God into, into it. I started inviting Armando Ramos into it. I started inviting your wife's skill set as a counselor into it. The more I invite God into my mess, I'm like, everything I wrote is true. Lord, this works. This Chad, this is, this is the heartbeat. Guys, this is the heartbeat behind this message. Your message, your message is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Because when we begin, you feel the Lord right there. I do so strong. When we begin to understand that we have an ability to invite Him into the middle of our mess, and He comes into that, we welcome, we bring Him, him in. That is that is the birth canal of transformation. I was in my dorm room, just went to Bible college. I was mm -hmm. still struggling with porn, mm -hmm. and I had a failure one night, mm -hmm. and I felt so terrible. And I cried and I wept. And I remember hearing the voice of the enemy come, look at you now. Mm -hmm. You're going to get up in front of people and tell them how God, how good he is, and how he delivered you out of drugs. Here you are, renting a movie no one knows about. You're, you're a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. And I'm just crying. And I just said, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. And in that moment, I literally, he literally walked in my dorm room. I felt him put his hand over me. And I was terrified to even look at him, Chad. I was so ashamed. Thought he was going to hit me. Thought he was going to beat me. I mean, that's the paradigm I had, the punishment. And he had tears rolling down his eyes. And he said, Michael, he said, you are a sinner. Because I kept telling him, I was like, Lord, I'm a sinner. He goes, you're a sinner. He said, but you know what? You're my sinner. And you belong to me. And I'm not going to stop till I have all of you. And that is what began to break my heart from severe 12 plus years of sexual addiction. The next day, Amber and I go for a walk. We're engaged. And um, Amber had a dream that, that night when I had this failure. And in the dream, her uh, friend of our mutual friend of ours is watching porn behind the scenes. So she's telling me the dream. I'm about to cry because I know it's me, not the friend. And I look at her and I said, it's me. She breaks and I break. And she prays over me. I could literally feel something leave my body. And that was that was the most painful experience, but yet rewarding and healing that I ever had. And the point was I invited him into my mess. Okay. So that's a picture of humility. Mm. The fruit of vulnerability is you get Jesus. So let's just build a biblical mm. confidence in this. Adam, where are you 
okay, why does God make them garments if God's so mean? Yes. If God, if he's so mean, why does he make them garments? If he's so mean, why did he torture and beat and kill and destroy his own beloved son for your mess? That's right. He's not mean. What happens is we we cannot connect with God by mm. bypassing our mess. And I'm just being honest with you, Michael. I can't be around people. I just can't at my age in life and leaders that don't think they have a mess. And so a lot of people run when God starts wanting to walk into their mess, but then they take their mess to the next community and it'll just you'll just keep circling the promised land. Wow. When I was in Jericho, literally Jericho, it just dawned on me it's the lowest elevated city in the world. God told him, give me Jericho and I'll give you the rest. Lowest elevated, humility. Humilitas in Latin means from the dirt. There's something about you inviting Jesus into that situation you talked about yes. that he highly values because it, there's no pride in it. And there's he came to heal the sick. He came to save the sinners. You know who needs this me- message more than anybody? Mm. Pastors. Yes. Pastors. What are you going to do, Michael? Let's say 10 years from now, I'm not speaking it into being. Let's just say... You get the cart before the horse, and you become addicted to ministry again. Your only way out of it is to invite Jesus into that mess if that ever happens. Absolutely. You know what uh, makes me mad? Some of these marriage books that have 10 steps to a better marriage (laughs) without any of those steps being inviting Jesus into the mess of it. God, that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's end here. This is the secret of the Apostle Paul you were saying. We talked about the Apostle Paul. He makes that statement in Corinthians. He says, uh, I'm going to boast about my weakness Mm -hmm. because when I'm weak, I'm strong. Mm -hmm. God gave him a thorn in the flesh. When I'm weak, he is strong. He learned to live out of that place. John said it too. I must become less. Wow. It's not deprecation though. It's not. It's not self-cutting. No. It's it's literally the lowly. It's the lowly savior. It's the humilitas. It's the humility. It's the nature of God. Michael, I told a young man one time, I said, the next time you're tempted to masturbate to pornography, I want you to say out loud, Jesus, I invite you into my brokenness. Michael, it literally started breaking the yoke of that thing. All the Mm. prayer was is, Lord, Lord, come join this. And it's all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. His grace starts hitting that and the person gets free. That, man. That's, that is the good news that is too good to be true. And if you're in true community, your community, if it's true community, your community sees what you're hiding anyway. Absolutely. So you might as well take the fig leaves off. <laughs> Woo. All right. I bless you guys today. Listen, if you haven't got a chance to read this book and get it, get it. Your message, your message. God is shaking his temple. Powerful books. And they are for words for right now, like at such a time as this. But I want to encourage you that, Every one of us have a mess in our life. We've been through messes. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to hide it with him. Bring Jesus into that weak spot. Let him touch those sensitive areas. Let him turn your mess into your message. It will blow your mind what he can do with our stories. Chad, why don't you pray for us? Father, I pray that you would just create vulnerable cultures and faith communities in the marketplace and in churches all over the world. Mm to welcome your return, King Jesus, in your name. Amen.